Okay, why were women wearing 30 pounds of wet wool for a dip in the ocean just over a century ago? And how do we fast forward to string bikinis, thongs, and Speedos? Ew, yuck, Speedos. I'm Patty Steele, feeling good about skin. Next on The Backstory. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Well, if we're being honest, we all have stuff in our lives that drive us crazy. Maybe it's a job, a difficult relationship, or love interest. Or honestly, it can just be the state of this crazy world we live in. For me, it's all three of those things at times. A lot of times it's not a big deal, but in the moment, it sure feels like it is, right? So how do you come to terms with those stressors and not let the negativity weigh you down? For me, therapy has always been a haven where I can open up, talk about what's eating at me, and trust that this person will be honest, understanding, and discreet. Therapy isn't just for folks who've had major trauma. It's for you and me, so we can be at peace and become the best version of ourselves. When I connected with a terrific therapist at BetterHelp, she asked some on-point questions, and I actually heard myself working through some of the issues I'd kept bottled up. What a relief. If you've considered therapy, I can't recommend BetterHelp enough. It's completely online, so it's convenient, flexible, fits your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a short questionnaire, you'll be matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no extra charge. Take it from me. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Backstory today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Backstory. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And, of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We all know we're going to see a lot of naked flesh when we go to the beach, right? String bikinis, thongs, speedos, yuck, sorry, but yuck. But I'm going to tell you how the first bikini got its look and its name. However, first, there's a pretty fascinating backstory to that evolution, where we were, how it changed, and where we are, at least for now. You know, we weren't always treated to a skin show. I mean, swimming's been around for thousands of years. Can you believe there are cave drawings that show people swimming? 
Romans and Greeks did it, mostly the men, but sometimes the women. And a lot of times they were nude, but if they weren't, they were wearing pretty skimpy stuff. But a lot of that changed as the years went by, centuries and centuries and centuries. For some reason, it became less popular to show off your skin. And it got really intense at the end of the 1700s and on in through the 1800s. By the late 1800s, women's bathing suits are made of wool or flannel, and they weigh as much as 20 pounds while dry. They have a jacket, top, and a skirt with, get this, lead weights sewn into the hem to keep them from floating up, pantaloons that come to the mid-calf, stockings all the way up, and swim boots, yeah, boots that lace up to your knees. And then there's like a huge brimmed hat or even a hood so nobody can see your wet face. It sounds so freeing, right? Well, a good-mannered chick heads to the beach with her long dress and jacket, her corset, petticoats, stockings, hat, gloves, parasol. She gets there. She gets inside this thing that's basically like a cabana on wheels. It's called a bathing machine. Google it. You're going to see pictures of these things lined up on the shore. So she gets in. She changes into that big, heavy bathing suit. And she and the machine are pulled by a horse or a human right into the water. Now, once in the surf, the doors open wide and uh, make sure that she is shielded from the guys on the beach trying to take a peek. She's helped down some little tiny stairs into the water for that oh-so-refreshing swim as long as she doesn't mind being tied to the cabana by a rope while wearing 30 pounds of soaking wet wool. Sounds like a torture chamber. Gotta keep her from getting carried out to sea, right? And you wonder why swimming wasn't very popular? But how do we get from there to here? In our string bikinis and our thongs and, yeah, those dreaded Speedos. We head to the 1920s, when women began wanting more freedom. Shorter hair, shorter dresses. They wore pants, for God's sakes, for the first time. Cigarettes. They drank gin with pretty much anything. And that female independence kind of changes everything. Bathing suits, still made of wool, but a thinner wool jersey, are either one piece or they have a long tank top that pulls down over shorts that go to the mid-thigh. And they're sleeveless and clingy. Early on, a few women get arrested for wearing them. They make the older generation nuts, but the design finally allows women to actually swim, and it allows other people to get a look at the shape of a woman's body instead of just imagining it. Athletes today, in fact, say being comfortable in your uniform, whatever sport you're in, actually makes you feel better about yourself and allows you to perform at your best. And that's what women begin to feel with these new skimpier bathing suits. It's the late 1930s, and the era of wool bathing suits is over, thank God, when rayon, or something called elastic cotton, replaces all that scratchy, saggy, wet wool. But here's the real kicker. World War II is on the horizon, and the government, trying to save resources, actually orders a 10% reduction in the amount of fabric used to make women's already much skimpier bathing suits than their moms wore. Yes, put the pieces together, and we can actually thank the government for the evolution of the thong. Now, on top of that, all that nakedness makes women forget their devotion to protected pale skin, and they begin to go after a really fabulous golden tan. And that leads to even smaller bathing suits to catch more rays. 
So now it's a post-war world. As women, we're a lot more comfortable with our sexuality and more interested in sharing what we've got. But the biggest shock for the public? Yikes. The exposure of the belly button, which wasn't allowed, believe it or not, to be shown on TV until 1983. It took some nudging. A designer in Paris came up with the first official bikini in 1946. Once again, gotta Google it. It actually looks like something you'd see on the beach today. The problem is, he can't find a model willing to show it off. So he winds up hiring a chick who was a topless showgirl. He invites a ton of paparazzi to come take photos by a big public swimming pool in Paris. He names his little bits of fabric the bikini. Why that name? because the unveiling comes just days after the big test of an atomic bomb in the South Pacific, in the Bikini Atoll. And he says it's a fitting name for this bombshell. It goes viral. What a marketing guy, huh? Anyway, it's a huge deal, and the 18-year-old stripper gets 50,000 fan letters, mostly from guys, and they're off and running. Unlike those crazy bathing machines, the bikini never goes away. Wonder what's next? I'm Patty Steele. The Backstory is a production of iHeartMedia and Steel Trap Productions. Our producer is Doug Fraser. Our executive producer is Steve Goldstein of Amplify Media. We're out with new episodes twice a week. Thanks for listening to The Backstory, the pieces of history you didn't know you needed to know. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's better, H-E-L-P. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.